0: Grace to you and peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Today on this last Sunday of Lent, we hear of two deaths, the death of Lazarus, the pain of his family, and that Jesus wept because he loved them. And I think he cried for all of us who love and lose over and over again. Whatever, Jesus, the king of love, wept. For as Wendell Berry writes, you can't give yourself over to love for somebody without giving yourself over to suffering. And our peculiar faith is that through the power and, yes, sometimes the pain of love, we are healed. And Jesus did heal Lazarus spectacularly. The other death scene is a valley filled with the dry and scattered bones of a once proud nation, whose people had been taken captive and are in exile. Their city left desolate and the temple destroyed. Preceding the captivity had been a long failure of leadership and neighborliness. And so a turning away from the purposes of God. And also the desiccation of the core values of neighborly life. Like those commandments we say as we begin each service in Lent, which all point away from disdain of others and toward the common good. The consequence of unneighborliness is always the valley of death. Our suffering God says to Ezekiel as he stands among the bones, speak to the bones. Tell them they're going to live. And into the valley of death, the word of life, of breath, of coming together, of mutual strength is spoken through a human voice. And we've got those. And the scattered fragments become whole persons, become neighbors, become a resurrected people. Yes. And that's actually what I want right now, yearn for right now in our country the renewal of neighborliness. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is God's second commandment to us, and we, too, will die in exile if we ignore it. On Thursday night, I was here at a celebration of fierce neighborliness. The covenant community graduation, ten of them, historic, biggest ever. They did it together. Everybody cried. And my phone kept buzzing and finally I looked down and Carol had texted me a gazillion times to let me know about the fiery collapse on 85. Boom! Major artery of this city blown out. A miracle nobody died But now we face the huge loss of literally one of our pathways of life. How will we cope with this? I believe it is both a test and a chance to practice neighborliness and rubber-hit-the-road faith in our God who makes a way where there is no way, which God knows we need some. My teacher here is a woman named Betty York and I offer her to you. We made friends in my earlier All Saints days back in the, in the eighties through her pastor, Jerry Heron, who was our head sexton and in the tradition of All Saints sextons, a great guy. For a while, their congregation gathered on Sunday afternoons in Ellis and they had Good music, so sometimes I'd stay for a while and listen. On other days of the week, Betty would come by to straighten out Jerry on some church issue. And I like to witness that and learn from a master of the art of handling big shot preachers. Also, Betty and I shared a certain chubbiness And Betty got us both t-shirts that said, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy. (laughs) She's just a fabulous woman. She never married, though she loved a young woman named Cynthia, who she called her play daughter. Cynthia's mom had died young And Cynthia struggled with severe mental illness and was jailed for a horrific, senseless deed she never would have done in her right mind. Betty doesn't drive and rides MARTA buses and trains everywhere, toting a pocketbook that could suffice for a crossing of the Sahara Desert. Listen up. On MARTA... She goes to the grocery. She goes to the doctor. She visits her friends. She makes pastoral calls. She pays her bills. And for a long time, she ran her house cleaning business. She even recycled on Marta. On Marta, recycled before recycling was cool. She is entertained on Marta, she prays on Marta, she does ministry on Marta, for she gets where she goes in a neighborly way. Once a month, for years and years, Betty took the long trip across town to Metro, the now-closed prison where her beloved Cynthia served her long sentence. That was at least two buses, and I think it was three, and a train. A hard journey that Betty took for love. What would you do for love? Cynthia had a terrible problem with cutting herself, and she was in isolation often, so Betty would sometimes get there and get turned away. Betty grieved for her and her brokenness. She told me, I can't fix her, but I visit her like Jesus tells us to. Through the years, she didn't do this self-righteously at all, but she shamed me out of my sometimes obsessive anxiety over my children. With all the love she carried for Cynthia, a giant pocketbook full, she just didn't leave room for obsessive anxiety. Cynthia did die in prison Betty was torn up, but prayed through it, living the Wendell Berry and Jesus truth that you cannot give yourself over to love for somebody without giving yourself over to suffering. Betty suffered and eventually said to me, well, I know she's free. Betty practices the Christian faith more fluidly than any human being I have ever known. She wakes up in the morning praying, Lord, help me be a blessing today. Because she'd say, Martha, if you be a blessing, you are blessed. I have never known a more blessed person. She is real. She is not fearful. She sees abundance wherever she looks. She honors herself and her neighbors. She laughs at her ridiculousness and ours and loves anyway. She gets mad and gets over it. She tells the truth in love. Mainly, she loves and is beloved. She gets peacefully where she needs to go, right on time, God's time. She trusts God to make her life blessed and blessing. And God is faithful. Now, God's blessing is not just a pat on the head by God saying, You go, girl. You go, boy. To be blessed is related to being blood-wounded. In fencing, blessé, that's to be cut, to have life, blood, flow. So the blessing is also the wound. As in... By Christ's wounds, we are, by Christ's wounds, we are healed. 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 To be wounded healers, on and on. Back to our I-85 collapse. I have not talked to Betty for a while, but I know what she would say. And I think I'll get you to repeat it after me. She'd say, y'all, Marta is our new best friend. Y'all, Marta is our new best friend. Okay, for a lot of this, of us, this traffic thing is going to be hard. But let's cope. Let's flex. Let's carpool. Those of us that can get to MARTA, let's do it and make room for others. And by the way, if you're a senior, I think it's a dollar a ride. You got to, Bob, you got to get a card at the Lindbergh station or downtown. Getting one. if we can get to MARTA, let's do it and make room for the others. Who knows? I really, I really believe this is our chance to get the civic will to do what we have needed to do forever. Expand, Marta, our way of getting to each other. So let's work smarter, play simpler, assess, is this trip necessary? Maybe let's stay home and hang out with our neighbors. Let's practice wherever we are renewed neighborlinesses. I got to say that again. Renewed neighborliness. That's my hope. Now, when you see Betty, and you will, for she has 10,000 holy disguises, you tell her, hey, And let her bless you in a neighborly way and you bless her. Let's just see how loving our journeys can become.